0: I'm your host, Lawrence Doan, and today we're joined by Dr. George Chen. He was born in China, but grew up in Sydney, studied a Bachelor of Oral Health in Sydney University before transferring to study dentistry in Adelaide. He's a 2017 graduate with concurrent honors degree in geriatric dentistry. He moved back to Sydney as a first year graduate and completed the primaries exam while working in private clinics around Sydney. Recently, starting his own clinic Oaks Oral Care last year in 2020. Dr George Chen, welcome to the show.
1: Hi Lauren, thanks for having me here.
0: (laughs) So for some of our viewers, me and George, we're good mates back from Adelaide. Um, We kind of graduated together, so full disclosure on that end.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Being a journey, hasn't it? (laughs) So tell us about your CPD journey so far. Um, First year out of uh, uni, you know Game back to Sydney, there was so much that we could do. Uh, there's so many people that, um, I talked to that, they, you know, want to get into so much CPDs at the same, like, you know, have everything done at the same time. Uh, for me, I took a bit of a slow approach. Um, there were CPDs that I looked into in the first year, but I don't think I delve into, um, a lot of the say major dental stuff, um, like quite early on. Um, it was more honing on the basics and, uh, you know, I, I had, you mentioned the primaries, I had that done in the first year. Um, but there was a lot of different cpds i dabbled in um you know it range from communications to like just basic general dentistry um a bit of um a bit of practice management because at the time i was like thinking like you know if i ever were going to um look into uh, uh managing a practice either way it would have been a good skill to have you know it's uh it's it's part of our our, our work whether we like it or not right we can't just always just focus on a, on a tooth and then like, you know, how to treatment plan it. Although it's important, but like, you know, there's, there's going to be other aspects to that and not just, not just working. So yeah, I, I'd say it was a, it was a um, slow, slow, but a steady start for me Yeah, in the beginning. Yeah.
0: Mm, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, look, Hey, we, we kind of graduated. Um, we kind of jumped into prime communications, prime speak first, and we kind of right. did it together. Yep. What was like like for you?
1: Yeah. Um, Prime to week, was one of the communication courses we started with. Um, it was a, uh, it was a lot of people were recommending it, but I know also for a lot of people that have different opinions about it. Uh, for me, um, I reckon it was really good that I took away some aspects of it that made it work. Um, and just in terms of tailoring treatments, you know, getting patients to accept treatment plans, um, I like, in my opinion, the course or the strategy that has. Um, works pretty well but it depends on how you want to use it and um, you know how do you want to apply it because as i said everyone has their own communication method and if you're going to be hard forcing one way just because you learned it from a course doesn't mean you're going to get that result right so um i I think like if anyone's going to be taking it or have done the prime speak you'll probably know what i'm talking about but you know just um what i uh, you know what you can take away from it um and apply it it's probably um you just want to focus on that rather than being like just using one recipe cookbook for everything yeah
0: yeah mm, yeah now i agree with you there's always going to be a few things that you kind of take away um and re and, and that you can apply naturally to the way that you communicate um because if if you look at it and it as if it's like a recipe cookbook you're just going to come out like a robot
1: yeah because like um no we we do have a focus on communication in uni um, as as you've mentioned on one of the podcasts before like you know, we actually have a pretty good uh, uh, foundation with the communications in LA university and i know a lot of um, our other our, other colleagues that's being from the other unis they probably don't have as much of a focus Um, of course we took it for granted and probably could have taken more advantage of it but now you know we're out in the world and um, looking for courses that can uh, develop our communications but I mean it's it's one of the biggest um, aspects whether you like it or not in dentistry like first year out you're starting to see patients you're talking about um, money and and talking about like you know payments uh, uh, accepting procedures it's not just is it good for you or not? It's so many other factors, and you know, if you can't um, obtain that as your basic, um, you know, or as, as essential tool to communicate with patients, you're basically left with no no patient for you to be able to treat. You know, so yeah. So I think that that's that's pretty important, and um, that was not one of the reasons why you know we looked into it in the first year, just to establish that that basic uh, yeah skill. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, one, one thing that I probably noticed when I was talking to colleagues as well um, was that in Adelaide, when we talked to our patients at the hospital, we already had, um, my, like the patients had to pay a, a small portion, a nominal fee, which mm. is different to when we did our placement in, in uh, New South Wales and, you know, patients weren't paying a fee. And so that... Mm. Um, initial jump might be a little bit different for um, a recent graduate that might be coming out from Sydney. Yes. yeah. Um, so let's talk about. so after you did the prime speak, what kind of CPD did you want to dabble into before you jumped into your primaries?
1: Uh, There was a few other um, small CPD, like weekend CPDs and, you know, uh, ones that you can go for a day. Um, I definitely took advantage of the ADA um, programs and, and what CPDs they offered and even some webinars online at the time. Um, so more, I'll say more so general dentistry, like, you know, getting my fillings, um, restorative uh, uh, dentistry a bit better, um, honing a bit more skills on that, some, some endo CPDs. Um, and I think one of the bigger ones was occlusion. Um, there was a, a, a talk by um, Dr. Michael Milkes, um, who's from the States, but he's from um, the, the RIPE um, RIPE. Uh, so, uh, the group. And um, yeah, it was, it was a really good uh, fundamental CPD that I took from it because like, you know, if you think about occlusion, I thought like, let's, let's find one CP that will, you know, change your perspective on, 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 on general occlusion, because, you know, you'll need it eventually for everything, full cases, uh, dentures, pros, um, you know, fillings, everything comes back to occlusion in a way. And I thought like, you know what, um, it's really good to review this um, but after I, I went on that course, uh, which I had to go to Melbourne for, um, it kind of, it kind of opened my eyes and perspective in terms of like, there's so much more going on here. It's not something that you can just do in one go and, and leave it. It's more like, you know, every year, every, or every time you get a chance, just go back into some sort of occlusion courses, or, um, I'm using occlusion as an example, like just repeating some courses, right. So you can just hone in that skill because even like with Prime Speak or communication courses, you can do it once, but it doesn't mean it's gonna retain with you forever, right? No one's perfect in that way, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. When, when we did it together, I when I went in and I came out, I had more questions going in. Exactly. I I, mean, I had more questions coming out than going in.
1: more the more you know but um yeah i was actually surprised like i found out during that course that there were practices that were kind of getting their own dentists and staff and receptionists and like you know anyone that's even non-dental just in the practice team going in there and like at least like once or twice a year um and every year and i'm thinking like wow like you know just imagine how much skills they can they can obtain from just um repeated learning yeah Mm. so then
0: after you're doing all this you're deciding you're going to do the primaries so yeah. talk to me about that and how'd you find it
1: um yeah primaries i mean a lot of people at that time when i did it uh when i when i um, took on the primaries i was like oh you know why why are you putting yourself through this uh, or like you know decided to do the primaries uh, it's not compulsory uh for those that don't know the problem the primaries um you know leads your way into the into the fellowship um, and it's it comprises of six uh, main core subjects and they're, they're basic uh, um, subjects that you learn mostly in uni. And it's it's comprised of a theory and then also a fiber component. So um, you take a lot of time out to do that. Um, and um, at that time, my rationale was um, I didn't, I, I wanted to have um, an option there, right? If I wanted to specialize in the future, at least I've got the primaries under my belt and I don't really need to, kind of go backwards, set time aside uh, when, when um, work gets busier to, to actually get the primaries done. It's more like, you know what? First year, this is perfect timing. I'm not seeing that much patience, um, you know, because you're building up your patience initially in the first year, so why not? And everything's fresh in your mind. Um, I've had also people telling me like uh, five years out of uni, they're like, um, at that time to me, Uh, I wish I did the primaries earlier because like now I find so much passion for, for a certain like category of of dentistry, like endo. And then like, um, I wish I had that done so I can just go into specialty now, but like, because they haven't um, you know, I just didn't want to not have that option by then. So uh, yeah, hearing, hearing from other people, their experiences a few later, a few years later on. And also like, I'm thinking this will be really good since I'm concentrating on everything that Builds my, you know, foundations from from the bottom. This was just a really good start, so you know, I w- I went with it. Yeah.
0: Mm. So a lot of people want to pick primaries. They're thinking about specializing. I mean, you did it an honors, and now you've completed the primaries. Were you thinking about specializing?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, for sure. Like, um, there was a point where I was thinking I want to specialize, but see, I came out thinking like. I wanna do a bit of everything, right? Like everything was interesting to me. Um, we had so much um, good uh, specialists that that were our mentors and tutors in, in uni. And, you know, it just everything seemed interesting. And I didn't want to just come out of uni, start working and be like set on one goal, right? Like I just wanted to maybe, um, explore a little bit in terms of what I could um, do or provide in dentistry. So, um, you know, after the first year, after primaries, um, I realized that you know what there wasn't one thing that i wanted to do in particular that i really really was passionate about so like uh, because like i just felt like i had a bit of passion and everything so because of that i didn't want to restrict myself so even though i had the honors and the in the primary setup um you know doesn't mean that i had to use it um some people tell me it's like oh you know you went through the effort of that but for me it's like you know i took out quite a lot of experience from that too you know it, was, it wasn't just about Uh, specializing right as an end goal right so yeah that's that's the way i see it
0: yeah Hmm. it made you more um appreciative or understand to a deeper level um yeah about the things that we were doing would you say
1: For sure, like um, and and now like you know when I when I talk to special or know people that are specialising, like I kind of know and understand the struggles they're going through. Like for those for the most that I had to go go through the primaries, I'm like, well, you know, it's definitely a struggle because I've been there. I, I can relate with that, you know, um, yeah. And to, on top of that, like with the primaries, it's a huge amount of uh chunk of your year. Like you know, you have you have two full time weekend uh, weeks, sorry. Um, for the course itself and then you need another two three weeks for the um, actual exam and preparation for it so i mean so it's a lot of time yeah
0: Mm. so you completed the primaries and then what are you deciding now because you're kind of realizing maybe i don't want to it's not too specialized but i want to kind of dive into other stuff more
1: Yeah. So, um, because, um, after the first one or two years, I realized like you know, what general dentistry is really going really well for me. Um, I, I, I want to learn, you know, different specialties, like in terms of like ortho, um, implants, surgicals and stuff like that. But I didn't want to do that as the only thing, uh, for my job. And since if specialty pathway wasn't something that I was going down for, uh, going down with I was, I was like um, you know practice management something to continue to still upskill myself um, so you know I I did have a really good opportunity with a with another dentist um, uh, I used to work for uh, who's retiring and uh, you know they needed a, a, a dentist to take over and take care of the patients that he's acquired and uh, you know he didn't want anyone he just wanted someone who you um, uh, had the same, uh, like, uh, alignment in terms of goals, um, with these practice. So, you know, it was just a really good, um, opportunity and timing. So, um, I got, I got to, um, get that and go th- go through that experience and learn a lot too. So I'm, I'm glad I went to some practice management, um, courses in the, in the first year. Hey,
0: so talk to me about that practice management, um, courses, uh, where did you come across that and what was it in particular?
1: Um, so it was won by the ADA. Um, I, I felt like maybe I was expecting a bit more of like, you know, how you run your practice. But I think uh, when I took on the CPD, it was a bit more about um, the business side. So I guess like it wasn't, it, cu- it, didn't, it didn't answer all my questions. And um, obviously like coming out first year, like, you don't want to be, you know, um, so focused on just like the 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 practice side, right? Management side, like that's something that does come later on. And I didn't expect it to be so fast in my in my career, in my pathway to to be in this position. But you know, at the same time, I feel really fortunate with that. Um, but it didn't stop there. Like, there's a lot of um, people that I talked to previous bosses and colleagues, and I learned just as much from them in terms of like just practice management, right? Um, just like you know you're learning to drive a car no matter how many manuals or youtube uh, videos you watch you won't learn until you actually drive the car so um i i really believe that so you know with practice management um that that comes along with it like you just have to be in it before you actually you actually learn yeah yeah mm,
0: yeah i mean like i think in now when we talk you know and we see from our friends as well there's a particular point where they reach a point where um a clinician starts to contemplate about practice ownership you know being a specialist or a super gp or even starting a family i mean can you share your thoughts on that
1: yeah yeah i always like the idea of a super gp (laughs) like that's that's what everyone wanted to be in a way right um but yeah, of course, like um, your career focus um, has uh, has has to come first, um, you know, before before you start spreading spreading thin, I guess, um, and get distracted with other things in life. Um, but uh, like my my opinion with that is, um, I think I would have liked to um, practice dentistry a bit uh, a bit more, or like feel like a bit prepared. But I've uh, I think like everyone would never feel. 100 percent prepared on, on whatever they do you know imagine your first implant case your first ortho case no matter you know what you do you're not going to feel 100 prepared like i'm ready for this so um yeah for those people that are thinking like you know what what career or like what path to go down for um just know more about yourself first i guess and like as i said like basics is going to be very important get your fundamentals in um, before you start exploring what you want to hone in on to and and um, you know, for me, because uh, one of the practices I started working at, they didn't really have a, a really um, efficient receptionist, or or like you know, we, we were a bit like understaffed. So it was a lot of the, I guess, the payment admin side fell on me um, as the first one or two years. And uh, I, I, I was, now looking back, I'm quite fortunate. I was in that position to learn learn all that because, um, you know, you get um, it's easy for you to just palm off everything else like with insurance with with payments uh, aspects to someone else uh to your boss to your receptionist and you don't really deal with that right but you know in in your work uh work style that's part of it right not not purely just the dentistry side right so um for me like you know they have equal importance right but um, you don't want to sacrifice um, the quality of care you're giving and the treatments to your patients at the same time. So, you know, that's why like I'm trying to focus as much as more, um, as much as possible on CPD itself. Like, you know, I'm 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 doing a bit more um, ortho uh, orientated courses now. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's pretty exciting, yeah.
0: Mm, yeah, I mean, before we jump into the ortho, so what you're saying is basically that because you had these struggles particularly struggles that you had at work that's what compelled you to jump into learning about practice ownership so you could kind of I mean sorry practice management so you could um, kind of reapply that um, back at works
1: yeah yeah I, I you know what, like, I I do think like that was a, a big part of it. Because like, if I had a really structured uh, a practice for me, like, of course, it'll be easy for me to just focus on the on every work I'm doing, having everything else palmed off to someone. But because like, I was constantly struggling in a way too, like, you know, like, managing the patient, not just in the chair, like their the disease in their mouth it was more like managing them in terms of like what what can you provide okay like you know you can't select the most optimum option you know what can we do with the suboptimal option in your situation and maybe we can work around that and like if if you have a patient that asks you like you know what can i do for rebates and stuff like that you know you feel like you need you want to have the answers to, to something like that too right and um it even comes down to like the materials you have in your clinic. Like, you know, until I started having my own practice and managing it, it's like, there's a lot of things like I didn't know, like, you know, with even with Steri and stuff like that. um, It's so easy for you to just trust what the nurse, your DA is doing. Right. But then like, if you have to be double checking that, there's a lot of things that, you know, you need to, you need to manage. And I think like just knowing the in and out of it um, makes your, um, practice, uh, or like how you manage a patient even better because you kind of like, okay, like, you know, has this been done the right way? Okay. Like I can actually use this on the patient. Okay. You know, I'm not restricted to just this one material that, uh, my practice has, like I have option of choosing there's other materials too. You know, there's just things like that. Like, I, I feel like, um, it really helped, uh, for me to gain a really, really broad perspective, um, when it came to, um, practicing. Yeah,
0: mm, yeah. You, I think um, different people would say that the uh, learning about that is not what they want to achieve in their first year out. No. Um, but yeah. I think in your what you're saying in your particular situation, you were compelled to do um, to have to learn about some of that practice management stuff. Otherwise, you couldn't function at the workplace as uh, well as you could have. Um, I think some uh, clinicians or recent graduates would feel like they would be more comfortable trying to get uh, better at their clinical skills. But that, you know that's a niche in everyone's own journey um, on that. Um, so let's kind of dive into the... Uh, and one other thing I want to point out is the other thing that you mentioned about, you know, uh, STERI. We usually, as recent graduates, maybe just palm it off to the nurse um, and assume that um, whatever they're doing is correct. Um, and one thing I would probably say is that for a lot of our listeners as well, is that, um, what we don't realize as recent graduates is that you as a clinician, um, especially if you're an SNFFA is that you're actually in charge of, uh, what goes on, um, at the STERI. Um, so it is a very big learning curve, um, that you have to take.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that because like, you know, you hear, you come coming out as a, as a graduate, it's scary to hear all these legal cases that happens around you, you know, especially in Sydney, a city that's so big, like you hear of another practice like going down, right? Like because of infection control or like you hear of a colleague that has, has been audited, right? And like, if you think about it, like if you get audited, like there's so many things that you you just um, uh, are required to know. So, you know, why not start at the beginning, Right. Uh, So, yeah, I think that that is is very important, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think um, when people don't realize is that when they're ticking the boxes on their registration, they're actually ticking a legal document and a lot of these legal um, clauses actually refer to um, these responsibilities as a um, dentist. But let's move on to um, your journey into ortho. So tell us about what happens at this point. You're, You're interested into ortho, so what do you decide to do?
1: Uh so at that time after I finished the primaries, um, you know, after I felt like you know, focused quite a lot on the on the basic side of the dentistry, I did have a lot more. Um, I guess like look, my my um what what I what I do with CPD is very tailored to what I'm seeing in practice and what my patients want. And I was seeing a lot more family orientated um patients and in the practice that I worked out was. More family orientated, so you know I did have a lot of requests for orthodontic work, right? Even minor ones. It doesn't have to be like full-on um, ortho cases, but because of that, it kind of led me to be like, you know what, this is this is something that I want to do in the future. So you know, might as well start now. And um, since there is a request for it, and I started looking into it, and um, the first course I did was a was a year's diploma course uh, with Boss uh, B O S S. That's with uh, Dr. K Tao and uh you know i had a really good experience with that um because uh it was i was able to just basically apply um what i learned directly to to the practice and um one of the first things um or in first year i got the accreditation for invisalign um at the same time too so you know it was just like everything fell in line um so it was a it was a good point to start yeah
0: Right. You know, there's a lot of orthodontic courses out there. What made you decide that you wanted to do this one in particular?
1: Yeah, there's, there's so many courses that you can pick from. Um, this was uh, referred uh, to me or like uh, word of mouth. And also I was quite attracted uh, by the appeal of doing clear liners uh, uh, to start with. And um, this this course, uh, the diploma course, they seem to offer uh, quite a lot of the clear line of focus. Uh, whereas the other orthodontic courses may teach you a lot more with the fixed appliances. Um, you know, it's very important to learn all the all the foundations of it. Um, but in terms of what I can deliver, right? Um, it was it was something that I could directly apply. So um, you know, after after having that done done that, um, it, I, I'd say it's definitely. Um, you know, good for me to actually apply that to the practice.
0: Yeah. Mm. I mean, how would you? Because when people graduate as well, they're seeing, you know, there's fixed, there's removable. How did you decide to go down a particular path?
1: Um, whether it's fixed or removable, I think like you need to understand again, like the with the fundamentals, like you need to know how to. Know how teeth moves, the biomechanisms, right? And I feel like there are a few courses that uh, that do offer that. Some probably not as much, but you know the theory part was going to be really important, and I th- I felt like that was something that I needed first. And um, to answer your question, like you know why why pick clear aligners or fix first? Um clear liners was something that I, I felt like it wasn't ex- extreme. I mean, there is an awful component, of course. You need to understand, know how to move teeth and all that. But at least, like, you know, if you have a patient came in that can't had like a relapse or like there was one tooth that needed to be moved. There's many ways to do that. But you know, I, I just saw clean clear liners as something that was very simple to start with. And you don't really need that much uh, accessory tools, right? You just need um, you know. Uh, a, a scanner if not a scanner like impression material and then most of it is something that most practices can offer for you to start aligners right it's uh it's it's something you know you can send off and it comes back for fixed braces you know the practices that i had they didn't really have that um full set of uh ortho equipment like you know a lot of the wires a lot of the uh, either elastics or like the uh, tools, appliances. So you know, for me to go to my boss then and be like, can I just have a full set of ortho appliances because I decided to start? It was a bit difficult. So um, I mean, that was the reason why I started clear liners. Um, not to say I won't do fixed braces. I think like that's uh, there's definitely um, room for that, and I'm got I'm I'm on my journey right now doing more CPD for fixed. Um, but that was just how I started, and um, definitely no regrets with that. Yeah, so it's a good job. Yeah,
0: look, I think it's an interesting point because, you know, for a practice, uh, for an, a, a, an associate, when they're working out a practice, maybe when the practice isn't doing um, orthodontics, they don't have these kind of things. And it is a consideration when you have to go and either convince the practice owner to purchase these uh, materials or um, to get it yourself. So um, I can see where your train of thought was kind of going with that. Yeah. Um, and i guess it's very dependent on um, everyone's own kind of situation um, whether they want to go into it or not so well, yeah to yeah. solve
1: those problems just get your own practice you don't have to worry about asking anyone else you can just get it yourself right
0: <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. everyone's like you george
1: <laughs> but look I'll, I'll add i'll add that um, you know with the uh, clear aligner course like coming out of uni, you, know, you hear about like invisalign because it's heavily advertised but uh just just be uh mindful that uh to the new grads out there that there's so much more aligner systems out there like it's not just restricted to one don't think that there's only one way of doing clear aligners there's so many other materials so many other brands something that i learned through the course itself and you know there's not just one type of scanner too there's so many different companies different scanners like yeah just keep an eye out for all this because i think like for you to restrict down to only one thing like one material like you know one composite resin that you use like it's not very it's not very uh, effective way you know for you to learn and, and try around basically yeah
0: mm, okay yeah. um what do you f- what CPD do you feel that you did not implement or was not as beneficial for you at the time, and you would do differently next time?
1: Um, I I think I would have um, got a bit more out of um, my surgical uh, CPDs. So uh, I I do quite a bit of uh, fair share of surgical extractions. Um, I have started an implant course. Um, uh, last year have placed an implant under supervision but it's not something that I'm focusing on now but um in terms of that you know like with this with the surgical component like I wish I would probably did a bit more of of that CPD and be able to expand on that a little bit but um yeah it is it is what it is now but like uh, there's definitely room room for that um in the future yeah
0: mm. so who's been pivotal in your career path and why
1: uh it's it's gonna be hard for me to pick one person because there's so many pivotal people throughout the different stages, throughout the different phases, uh, you know, of your career of your life. Um, you know, I, I'd say um, at this point, all the bosses, all the mentors I've encountered, you know, since I've graduated, as well as the ones in uni that we've had, um, but more so in the career pathway, like you know, since, since um, in Sydney and, and working here. Uh, whether it was a good experience or bad experience you know there's something that you learn from them and uh, you know being a uh, now a practice manager myself like it's it's definitely not easy to be in that position so um, you know I'm, I'm going to be grateful for for anyone that I cross paths with and for them to teach me their, their knowledge basically yeah
0: so what do you hope your ideal clinical or non-clinical day might look like in five years time and what kind of CP do you want to get to um, that point. You mentioned briefly about implants, but was there anything mm. in particular?
1: Um, well, in five years time, um, I, I hope that the, all my practice is, is doing, doing pretty well by then. And um, I, I do want to do a, a bit more focus on, on major dental, like definitely have the fixed braces and, and being a bit more family orientated uh, in terms of the dental practice uh implants yes um there's there's going to be um room for that i i ideally like to do that you know half the day like in terms of either uh ortho or implants something something like that um a bit more major dental during half the day but um i don't want to um get rid of like the basic um, dentistry side like i, I think I i'll enjoy it just as much like you know even just those checkup up um, consults or just doing uh some um you know class one fillings right um it'll be um it'll still be a Part of it, enjoy the enjoyable day for me, and um, yeah, there's there's a lot there's there's a lot that I I, I want to do in the future. I mean, it, it, there's this some there's so much that we have um, time for, and um, you know, on top of just the dentistry and like, the clinical aspects, I want to be able to like be more efficient and um, understanding of staff. Like, just I guess like more focus on the management as well. Yeah.
0: Mm. you mean on your non-clical days you want to be able to do all the admin stuff
1: yeah pretty much yeah it's like wearing two hats in a way right <laughs> yeah
0: yeah. but how about your hobbies about basketball and all the um, volleyball and everything
1: oh that's uh can't do anything like that at the moment with the lockdown but i'm really really excited to get back into that yeah and then even even traveling like you know this 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 talks about like um borders opening but i mean it's it's, it's gonna be a while right since we're gonna be living with um covid in a way right yeah
0: that's right yeah Yeah. for some of our viewers um and listeners you probably don't know but george is like colossally tall he's like if he stands yeah. in your way he's, he's like yamming okay, well, i not
1: say colossal this <laughs> i mean I'm, i wasn't the tallest in our in our grade right so, yeah. Just tell him how tall you are tell him how tall you are <laughs> That you, you can save that in the notes, right? <laughs> in the talks, people can ask, people can ask that question themselves if they want. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, for, for those who, who didn't know, like um, me, me and Lawrence, we actually had a, a travel trip, like um, during this uh, in in Adelaide, right, during our final year to yes. uh, to Uluru to Alice Springs. So we drove the whole distance from uh, from Adelaide um, down the Stuart Highway. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean. Uh, it's just those those travel things that i'm i'm looking forward to like just just travel trips i I mean i like i like long distance driving yeah and even though i get cramped a little bit in the car but you know it's fun (laughs) (laughs) yes that was that
0: was a limitation on our um on our long drive um to airs rock um, and Alice Springs it was uh, something I noticed <laughs> good trip, good memories um, so just to kind of wrap it all up you know, what, would you, what would be some words of wisdom that you'd like to leave for the budding young dentist who's about to graduate
1: um i'd say um it's okay to start slow sometimes um if you come out and you see all your colleagues your peers like you know gunning it out in certain um, aspects of their either cpd what they're passionate about you know they're going to um different hobbies or like just you know a whole new world basically um you know it's okay if you're not there in the first year i think like uh, most important thing just as i said um earlier in this um podcast just focus on your basics um, your fundamentals once you get that done there's honestly nothing else that can go wrong and you know you're working in dentistry it's a really it's a really good field with a lot of good support and um, you've got so much years ahead of you so there's no point rushing and compacting everything into that first year right so um, you know listen listen closely to what people have to say um but you know uh, apply it to yourself and and make sure that what, what you're doing is comfortable, not just because someone else told you to do it, um, especially your bosses too. Like I know there's people that get into sticky situations because of that. I've heard a lot of stories myself and us from colleagues. So um, yeah, it, it's okay to, to go at your own pace basically. Yeah.
0: Mm. So Dr. George Chen, this is kind of formal, but thank you for coming on the show today. If you could let the people know how they can find you or what you've got, got going on in your life.
1: Well, thanks, Lawrence. Um, well, I have a personal Instagram page. Um, it's nothing fancy, but, you know, I recently uploaded some um, uh, videos of me playing piano on there. So uh, you guys can check it out. It's uh, at George George's. Um, that's how you say it. But <laughs> yeah, it's basically George times two. <laughs> I don't know why I made it, but I mean, that's, that's one way of reaching out to me.
0: <laughs> a little housekeeping for our avid listeners. We've recently been notified that our Katie Zoo episode was wrongly uploaded, so we've fixed that up now. So if you were hoping to hear it, it's ready for you now. Hey, CP Junkie podcast fam. It's your boy, Dr. Lauren Stone here, just dropping in to let you know how much I appreciate your listens. We've officially reached 1,400 views and over 40 release episodes. Cue the applause, please. We've also just reached 35 subscribers on our youtube channel in this competitive niche climate that can be very difficult thank you again for riding this wave with us and i hope you get a lot out of each episode i'm always trying to dive deeper into our guests journeys talking about their highs and lows as we all know no dental career is ever smooth sailing and i don't want you to feel like you're alone in your journey one thing I've learned is that you don't know who's listening and even they can get something powerful out of a comment made by our guests. So again, if you enjoy this episode, don't forget to like, subscribe and share it with a friend.